Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Joining you in the studio here tonight, it's Ian. Mushmouth Mike. And Jay. Jay, you and I were at not really your trial today, but you kind of took over the trial because um, this was for your wife, uh, Shallon. And we've talked about this over the last several weeks on the show, uh, that uh, she's been charged with the nonsense charge of child endangerment. For simply leaving uh, the two-year-old, I believe, that you have in the car last year, two at the time, uh, leaving a two-year-old in the car, strapped in, as I understand it, into a car seat with the air conditioning on, on what was described as a cool day uh, or a warm day, depending on which witness that you you spoke with today. March 18th in in, uh, New Hampshire, there was still snow on the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the reasons they uh, uh, they went into the city was so uh, Cypress could ride her uh, bicycle at one of the city parks because because it was nice. Well, because we had just still snow on the ground at our house, but right. you know, yeah, and there was you know, it, it was either snow or mud. You know, there was no in between, and uh, and in the city, there's a lot of asphalt, and you know, the snow's all you know stacked up in the corners. You cabin fever with the kids inside up here sometimes. I bet. I bet. So uh, it was kind of a nice day. You went out. She she went out. You weren't there for this, right? You were not present for no, the I wasn't, nope. situation. Um, and she stopped uh, off at a TJ Maxx, went into, I think, do a return, if I recall right, correctly. Right, yeah, she had returned something. Uh, that information didn't get out during the trial today because you guys didn't put on any witnesses as the defense, which you're not obligated to do. Right. Uh, and uh, and so I want to talk a little bit about the trial that, that happened today. We are still waiting on a verdict uh, from the judge, which, in my opinion, is usually a good sign, generally... You know, if a judge wants to go ahead and find you guilty, they're just going to go right ahead and do that. So the fact that it's we're not sure yet, the fact that he's taking the they, matter under advisement is usually a good sign. It yeah, could do be it a scaredy cat way. Like they're not going to tell you right then, hey, uh, we screwed up, just dismissed. They want to do it, uh, you know, through the mail. Well, and it doesn't always happen this way. I mean, I'm some, sometimes I'm surprised when a judge will go ahead and find someone not guilty in the actual hearing because it always with a with a crowd like we had in there today and there was 30 to 40 people there and i don't think that includes the kids i did a quick count when i was out in the hallway before the trial started and there was a bunch of kids there but there were at least 35 maybe 40 adults that were at this trial so large turnout i'm not sure i've ever seen so many people in that you know galleyway or or you know the hallway outside the courtroom i have I've, I've seen a large number for uh footloose yep. and the new hampshire nine there have been yep. some large turnouts for them also uh rochelle kelly who was another right. parent targeted by uh by the police in concord for oh, taking yeah. her kids to the uh, playground during yep. covid uh, they had a pretty big turnout a it, few times a demo did too but th- yep. at this particular court this is the uh, the concord okay uh, court but yeah a demo have managed to fill the manchester court which is mm-hmm. even larger at one point for, I think, his wiretapping trial. That's a demo Freeman from copblock.org. But uh, the reason why they don't, I think, smarter judges probably don't want to issue a not guilty finding right then and there is because you got a crowd full of people who are going to erupt in applause and they know that there's video, right? Yep. They know they're on the record. Uh, and of course, they're always, quote, on the record, but it's different to have the official court recording, which you have to pay $25 to uh, to get, and then just anybody who brings in a video camera, as Chris Wade from our show did today. So you get that crowd reaction of applause and, you know, people 
you know, exclaiming their excitement, and they, yep. they don't want that to happen, and yeah. they certainly don't want any you know normal people to see that happening. No, 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 so. I definitely don't want normies. Uh, uh, seen this a lot of times when I was in Massachusetts uh, years ago. Um, you know, going to court for all kinds of stuff. Uh, they would. It was almost always that my case, you know, whatever it was for, uh, would get, get right to the last. very end of the day yeah. when the courtroom was empty, or you know, I would ask them. Uh, well, you know, one of the, you know, who's the injured party? Oh, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Well, I'd like to speak with Mr. or Mrs. Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and they would just lock me up for today. <laughs> <laughs> In this case, they pulled a sneaky trick. They had scheduled the trial for what's called courtroom three, whereas the one we're always in, in this particular court, if you see any conquered video if you go to freekeen.com and search for conquered court you'll find all kinds of videos of various different trials from this co- courtroom three well courtroom three had a bunch of what appeared to be arraignments it was probably two dozen cases that were scheduled at the same time eight fifteen in the morning as your wife's case was scheduled and then before they started the arraignment hearings like maybe about 30 minutes into them kind of cutting deals with the uh the arraignees they announced that if you're here for Shallon Spalding, then go downstairs to courtroom one. You know, you mentioned the lawyer, and we'll get into it because I took some notes. By the way, I was uh, doing tweeting during the trial. On, yeah, that was on Mastodon. And uh, thank you very Twitter. much. I, I sent that um, that that tweet uh, to like a whole bunch. You know, I mean, your your uh, a link to your Twitter profile. Oh, thanks. And uh, yeah, you did a really, really excellent job with well, that. That was fantastic. unfortunately I forgot my video camera today oh. at home. I brought my tripod, I brought my backpack, but the camera wasn't in it. Luckily, Chris Wade also brings his camera, yep. so we were good on uh, on video. So I had more freedom to just hammer out, you know, what was actually happening, so people at home who couldn't make it out could still see it. So this prosecutor is this real—he's a young guy, maybe like thirty years old. Uh, skinny and just dorky. Soy boy. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a great way would, to, just, you know, to describe yeah. it. And uh, just a total tool of the state, this guy working for the Concord Police Prosecutor's Office. There's going to be some great footage coming out uh, when he left the courtroom and went out to his car. He was accompanied by his other buddy. He had some fat prosecutor that was, uh, was next to him. That was an intern. Oh, was he? Yep. That's ah, what they said. He seemed like an older guy. But anyway, uh, he. Both oh, okay. Then uh, the, the intern was not an older guy, but, uh, but yeah, there was. But the guy that was with him in the courtroom that was, was the intern was the intern. You're okay. saying that was the. Older I felt guy? like he was a little older than the prosecutor, okay, but I, I could know. I could be wrong. Might have just been kind of he was you know out of shape or whatever. Yep. But uh, anyway, these two prosecutors they they leave and they've got a court security officer with them. So they were too afraid to just simply go to the parking lot by themselves, which. Almost everybody does. I've never seen someone get a court escort out of any of these trials. I've never seen the government bureaucrats have their own guys escort them. But that's what happened in this case. Well, and, when you're a soy boy and you know you're yeah. you're just afraid of what you don't understand, um, and especially if you're you know a weak man that you know decides to go work, you know right. a, a weak psychopath that's going to go you know work in government so you can go do your psychopath stuff. <laughs> you know? Well, he's uh, so he's obviously a friend of the state, right? And he's oh, yeah. and he's younger, so he's you know public school educated. Uh, so you know they have a dossier, or I don't know if you call it a dossier, but like what what do they say when they've come to your place before? Like you have a compound with a with like a watchtower or some kind of silliness. They did say compound, yeah, about right, his so, web compound. Yeah, so, so you know this guy's <laughs> lapping this stuff up, and at every point, you know, he wants <laughs> right. to show that he can, you know, he's, he's not afraid, but he is really afraid of nothing. Yeah. 
So they walk him out to his car, and Joa from Breaking the Flaw, who's normally here on uh, Thursday nights, he's been, I guess, moving houses and has been a little busy recently, so he hasn't been able to make it out. But uh, he was there from the trial. I think he streamed some or most of the trial, and then also he confronted this slime ball attorney. Breaking the Flaw. Yeah, in uh, that's his channel on YouTube and also Odyssey. He confronted this attorney when he was going out to his car. I didn't and, see this, by oh, the way. Yeah, it was so funny because, you know, he's just doing what he would normally do. Like, how yes. can you live uh, with yourself? <laughs> Accountability. You know? Yeah, that's that what Joe pushes. That kind of stuff. And, uh, of course, this guy had no answer whatsoever. And, he, and then when he finally gets to his car, he, like, is about to open the door, turns to Joa and says something to the effect of, you know, it's a felony charge if you're recording me without my consent. <laughs> and we both just, like, It's laughed. completely false. A total, totally false. He has to false. know that. We have the community. So all these people come and filled the courtroom, filled the courtroom. There was a bunch of moms with their kids because uh, and they're all, you know, fr- uh, freedom type moms are all freedom type people. Uh, actually, all of these people are, uh, you know, sort of like um, into what's called New Hampshire health freedom. Uh, one thing that the uh, pandemic has done is it really activated moms. Mm-hmm. I mean, moms mm-hmm. in the past couple of years have become like, you know, the the freedom fighters, the freedom pushers, because moms care about their babies. Sure. And and it, it's uh, like all, all the uh, anti-mask uh, and mandate rallies and all this stuff, it was like half to three-quarters moms, all the ones I went to, because the moms are just pissed. And um, I, I, I've i been calling them red pill moms. Uh, anyways, uh, <clears throat> so you had all these moms there, and so we had the support. And then we had a whole bunch of people there like, like the one one woman that was there to, that she came out to uh, lunch with us afterwards. You know, the shorter lady, I forget her name, but she used to be a DCYF social worker. Really, that was her career, wow. and she very much is turned off by DCYF. And she had so much great knowledge. And so, like for her, uh, another guy Brian was there. Another guy Ted. These guys are like sort of like practicing sort of law scholars or not really lawyers. But, like, all these guys took notes. <clears throat> and so I had a whole stack of motions that we, we were going through. Mm-hmm. So what I did last night is I made copies of a, a bunch of motions, and I just filled up three binders with all the court paperwork that we were going to hear. And I gave it to, like, this guy, Brian, another guy, Ted. <clears throat> uh, I forget who, who I gave the other uh, packet to. But I'm like, hey, guys, you know, you're paying attention to this stuff. You're, you, you understand the case. Take notes for me. Take notes on these pleadings. Uh, help me out. So I got a lot of really good feedback and we're actually next week we're going to do we're going to do a a, a night uh, where we study this stuff and we go over it because uh, one of the things that we're planning on doing is an invitation only um, at first um, weekly study like law study group uh, at an undisclosed lo- location because mm, we want to okay. keep the feds out and um, <clears throat> it's going to be to uh, help people build their confidence for this kind of stuff and, and this too needs to be part of the man camp curriculum because every adult, every everybody who's of the age of procreation needs to know how to defend themselves in court, mm. needs to know how to write lawsuits, just like they need to know how to raise their own food and, you know, take care of business and, you know, fix their own stuff. I wish it weren't that way because it's, you know, sucks to have to spend time on court things when, as you pointed out, you guys are farmers. Yep. You know, you got a lot of work to do. And the Real last work. thing you want to be, yeah, the last thing you want to be doing is putting your nose to the grindstone as yep. far as f- court filings and stuff like that. I mean, it really sucks to have to learn this stuff, but you're saying you should learn it because you don't want to be defenseless when they come at you and you don't want to have to rely on 
on one of their attorneys. And when I say one of their attorneys, I'm referring to the fact that all attorneys, as nice as they may be or as talented as they may may be or as freedom-friendly as they may be, they are all court officers. They are all swearing an allegiance to the court system in order to become attorneys in the first place. And the Bar Association. Erwin Rommel School of Law was a thing that my dad studied years ago, like back in the 80s when he was facing, uh, you know, federal charges. He was facing, Mm -hmm. my father was facing 15 years in a can when I was like eight years old uh, over something he had actually nothing to do with whatsoever. It was something that his brother had done, my Mm -hmm. uh, my uncle. Anyways, um, so like uh, he did Erwin, Erwin Rommel School of Law course and study and what they said was that the courtroom's a battlefield the prosecutor's your enemy the judge is your enemy and your attorney is an enemy spy Hmm. and uh, that was the way they put it because the attorney's allegiance is to the bar association is to the court Uh, this is why uh, one of the reasons we didn't have an attorney because all the attorneys i talked to are like i'm not going to challenge the jurisdiction of the court i could possibly lose my license right um, and so that's one of the you know biggest things we push. But anyways, back to uh, New Hampshire. So we got the community. We got people that moved here intentionally for this kind of stuff mm-hmm. to support people like me, to support people like you, to support pe- uh, uh, freedom in general. They picked up their lives and they moved here. So if you can pick up your life and move to New Hampshire, well, it's pretty easy to just drive, you know, 15 minutes or maybe two hours to the courthouse to go support somebody yep. if you already moved here, say from California, for example. Um, the other thing that's unique about uh, Manchester, um, um, New Hampshire with this particular charge, mist- a class A misdemeanor, um, which is, you know, like you said, up to one year in prison and I think up to a $2,000 fine. But what's cool about it is... You get a bench trial Mm -hmm. in front of a judge, and then if you get convicted, you can appeal the bench trial, and the case starts totally over again. Yeah, it's called a de novo trial. I uh, wish that the federal system had that. Right. So, 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 what's really cool about a de novo trial is you try over again. So today, you get to see all the evidence a second time. Today's thing was like an excellent practice. That's all it was. Yeah. Mothers are very, very concerned about this particular situation. A child endangerment thing is just like a catch-all they can throw at anybody. And 99% of the people are just going to give up. Uh, sure, they're just going to go get expect. an attorney. They're just going to do a plea bargain. They're just going to contract with, with uh, Division of Child, Youth, and Families, who are basically a bunch of professional um, child traffickers. And they, um, you know, they, the, in New Hampshire, they've, they've paid out well over $100 million in settlements um, it's actually probably close to two hundred million net dollars in settlements now with mm. uh, all the people who the have Sununu Rape Center, the Sununu Rape Center, where they've been raping children for years. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, uh, so, so, anyways, you, you know, that's cool. We got the community. The community is the foundation of everything, and and the community uh, gave uh, Shallon and I a lot of confidence. Where everybody's like, "Yeah, you go get them. We're going to help you out." People mm-hmm. have all kinds of ideas. The other thing that we got to do that's pretty unique in New Hampshire, you could never do this in Massachusetts. I don't really? know I don't know about anywhere else, but you definitely couldn't do this in Massachusetts, is I was able to literally be my wife's uh like an attorney. Right. Uh, I, I I and I didn't I said I'm not representing my wife because the word represent means represent. And my wife is like a very nervous public speaker. I mean, she couldn't even, you know, get through her speech at our wedding. You know, in front of a you know a whole bunch of people who love her and are very friendly. Never mind. Yeah, you know, it's nerve wracking. Never mind. You know, trying to 
explain something and, and, and public speak in front of a whole bunch of people who literally want to put you in prison. Right. And um, you're up against this guy who's a professional whose job right. it is there to destroy you, basically. This, the pressure's really on uh, in a situation and, like and, this. And if you want to look at, like, you know, the value in dollars of, like, uh, you know, my net worth in dollars, let's just say dollars, versus the education cost that these lawyers have, they're... they're, they're their, oh, yeah. uh, their law school probably costs more than if you took my net worth and added it up. Half a million dollars sure. a piece or something. Which they're right. probably still paying on. Which they're yeah. probably still paying on. Now, I, that's in dollars, but I know that my value as a man in, in, in our community, uh, as a father, as an influencer, as you know, someone who wants to make the community, uh, is a million times the value of, 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 of that prosecutor to society. Because that prosecutor does nothing. To uh to promote society, he is just a parasite. All the all these guys do is yep. steal with paper and pen. Um, and anyways, so getting back to why New Hampshire is so awesome is we could do the I think they call it an, a, an attorney in fact. Correct. So yep. all I did was have to go literally fill out a form. It was probably the shortest government form I ever filled out <laughs> in my life. And uh and and it, and it was simple. It was like yeah, I just put my name on there. I put my wife's name. I put the case. And we did that. Another really cool thing. Before you go on about that, though, uh, this particular judge seemed to be giving you guys more leeway than I expected from a typical judge. And I wondered if that somebody said he apparently is a new judge who came out of the uh, not the prosecutor's office where most judges come from, but he was with the public defender's office. So he's actually seen the other side of defending people who are being you know wrongfully prosecuted so i feel like he definitely was more helpful than the typical judge would be there were certain times where he literally held your hand and gave you direct suggestions yep. he was as really to good how to how to phrase questions and things like that yep. and no judge is obligated to to do that level of, uh, of assistance for you know pro se uh litigation so if the purpose of government is to maintain and protect the rights of the individual that's the only reason government exists in the United States of America. So they claim. Well, that's what all their documents true. say, all their founding stuff, all the constitutions that these guys allegedly have an oath to. And he did have an actual updated oath of office, and mm-hmm. you know that was checked out. Uh, so one thing in Massachusetts, we could never get the oaths for any of the judges. Hmm. And then when we finally uh, really pushed them hard, um, the oaths are held in the uh, Massachusetts Supreme Court which in Boston, which is called the John Adams Building. So we got certified copies of the oath cards. None of them have a signature. Huh. And there's like a Massachusetts wow. statute, MGL chapter 238 section, I forget, whatever. And it clearly says all oaths must be signed or subscribed before they can hold their position. And um, it's not, you know, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm, of course. So the other thing, too, that happened in this case that was very unique, uh, the second thing I don't think could have happened anywhere else, is two of my friends were able to sit on my side of the bar. Yeah, I was surprised by that, too. So my friend Colin Gibson, um, who uh, Colin's going to come do the show someday. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's an interesting character. If you guys want to learn a little bit about Colin, just internet search freedomsphoenix.com, Colin Gibson. He did a really good interview with Ernie Hancock mm. a few years ago. And Colin's a real smart dude. Yeah, sure. And the thing is, nobody thinks Colin's smart because he's a goofy guy. And he's, he's a always smart cracking dude. jokes. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's like a teenager, but he's a super smart dude. And then my other friend Christopher Gronsky, who I've talked about quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, uh, are we're, we're, we're very handy in helping me. And and the uh, prosecutor was not happy those no. two guys were there. Oh, he objected and, to it. And 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 the judge was like, 
Well, and, and, and I explained to the judge, I actually, uh, I, I have, I, I, one of the motions we never even touched, and I totally forgot about it because I, I just didn't have it in front of me, mm-hmm. was uh, uh, I, I did file a motion last week or the week before about um, a motion to, um, uh, to, to counsel at my election, and I get into the, the court rulings how, you know, lo- a, a counsel does not have to be a, a lawyer or an attorney. Mm-hmm. When the founders wrote the Constitution, it, um, and even the Constitution for New Hampshire, the Constitution for the United States of America, both say um, that you have election at your of counsel at your choice. To use the word counsel, counsel is a generic wor- uh, term. Counsel can be your mom, your friend, your you know, your pastor, wh- whoever you want it to be. It does not have to be a member of the bar association. And they know this, but they really try hard pushing that. So I believe because I put that in, in the pleadings also was another reason because I said, these guys are my assistants of counsel. We need help. I said, I'm a farmer. I need help from friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> so the fact that we have that quality of people here for this free state project, um, like Colin and Christopher, they both moved here for this intentional. Actually, I believe uh, you know, Christopher moved from, from up Washington or out west somewhere, but uh, they moved here intentionally for this. So that was great. The other thing that and was... by the way... Th- okay, go ahead. What was unusual to me about that was how many people they allowed sort of behind the bar on your side. Normally... You can have one person sitting up at the table with you. It's not a problem. You know, if you were sitting, if you weren't rep, uh, acting as the attorney, in fact, for your wife, you still would have been able to sit there. You still would have been able to confer with her as yep. her counsel, but you wouldn't have been, quote unquote, representing her. Uh, and so that's always been something that's been allowed. And it doesn't have to be somebody you're related to. It can be a good friend of yours or whatever. But if they want to take the next step, they can do what you talked about earlier is become the attorney in fact and then actually be the attorney for you. And anybody who's of good character, quote unquote, can do that. And one of the reasons why I was surprised they allowed it today is because they usually have to like do some background yep. checks. In fact, the prosecution noted that uh, when he objected to it, saying, well, we haven't had a chance to do a background check on Mr. Noon, but well, we're just we'll let it happen. Um, what would so- they be looking for? Criminal record, something that would See show you, that you're not a good character. You got to, uh, so there was like three things to check off on there that you haven't been convicted of a felony, mm-hmm. um, that you haven't been basically kicked out of a courtroom or something. That, mm-hmm. That's not the, that's not the terminology, okay. but basically you haven't been barred. Actually, that was one of the things you haven't been barred from being like the attorney effect, I believe was I see. sort of how it worded. And there was one more like thing you had to check off. The There's box. another requirement that you can't do it more than like six times in a year, I think. Okay. If I recall that correctly, it's been a while since I've, I've seen the requirements. But yeah, as long as you meet those uh, requirements and you're willing to sign off and follow the attorney rules, then you can. You I was can a little do that. nervous about the attorney rules because he's like, you're going to be held to the same standards as an attorney. You're and gonna, then he didn't hold you to the standards. You got to follow the rules. Well, he, well, he provided good guidelines. Yeah. So when I started going outside the rules, he just corrected me. Mm-hmm. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Rob, Tennessee. Rob, welcome, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Crypto questions. What can you tell me about the platform called Coin Falcon? Coin Falcon? Uh, I'm looking over you, Mushmouth Mike. Just stick with Bitcoin. Well, what is is it? Save your brains, but I don't know. I quit trying to chase all these different things years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could go go insane trying to keep up with all the new crypto coins that pop up. Monero and Bitcoin. I don't know anything else you're platform. doing at your own uh, at your own mental peril. It's a, it's a platform for trading. All right, okay. so it's like okay. an exchange. Well, so here's how you know if the platform is worth its salt, whether or not it is custodial and or they would let you hold your own funds. 
Yeah. Okay. So while you're trading. It looks like uh, just another crypto exchange. I mean, I, I've never heard of them. I don't know, you know, what their reputation is. Why Why do you bring this particular one up? What caught your attention about well, it? Well, a friend of mine is using it and doing short trades uh-huh. and doing doing very well. Do you have any you history know, like, in doing this sort of thing? Well, I've done some of it, yes. Uh, you know, it's 30, 60-second, two-minute trade periods. Yeah, do they require your information to sign up? Like, do you have to give them your driver's license and tie it to your bank account and all that other kind of uh, all that sort no, of nonsense? No, bank account only that you can make deposit because I've withdrawn my initial investment. So uh, I put in some money, I traded and doubled it, and then I pulled out what I uh, what I what yeah. I started with. I just want to um, give people a warning about this. Uh, this day trading stuff is high risk. This right. is stuff that. You know, even if you quote unquote know what you're doing, you can still lose your butt on doing this stuff. So if you're going to get right. into it, uh, if I were you, I would only consider it something you do as a hobby that you expect to lose all the money that you <laughs> that you put right. into. That's it. right. No, I yeah. do. I have that mindset. Okay. Well, I hope uh, you, so I, I've gotten back. I've gotten back what I've put in it. Good. So you know, have a have a have a like a gamble pile, right? Mm-hmm. And then have yeah. if you're gonna, you know, Bitcoin is a lifeboat. That's the way I look at it. It's all speculative right, right now. Very few people actually use it for transacting, unless you're in New Hampshire. But most of the world, <laughs> you know, they're still sort of guessing what this thing is and trying to figure it out. But you know, right. if, if you got grandkids or other kids or other things that uh, you can give your attention to, just you know, buy a little crypto, you know, stick it in a hardware wallet and uh, just and go, I do, I, go I fishing or something. I give them money to go into Bitcoin. All right, so I'm so, gonna uh, I, good luck. I, I again, I don't know what the legitimacy of this particular website is. I will tell you this: uh, there is a red flag for me on this one, and that is that it, according to CoinGecko.com has all of $18.04 in 24-hour trading volume. Right. So that means that there's not a lot of people doing any trading on this particular website. So if you have if you say you've doubled your money, I have yes. to ask, have you withdrawn the funds from the website? Yes. Okay. You, yes. you were successfully That's what I was telling you earlier. Okay. I took out what I put in. Okay. All right, so, as long as you were, as long as they let you actually withdraw the funds, then you know that there's at least something real that was there. Yeah. So if you're gonna no, if you're gonna I, gamble, you could use like uh, Kraken. You know they're they're yeah. pretty reputable. They have somewhat of a liber, yeah, somewhat of a liberty leaning CEO. Yep, I mean they still still okay. they still do the regulatory hoops, but they're very well established and they have outlets on there for you to gamble to. Yes, yeah, spe- spell that for me. Kraken, like K R A K E N dot com. Okay, dot com, with a K, yeah. Yeah. right. Normally, you know, at least with the activists like uh, Footloose was there, a guy that we've seen in this particular courthouse many times do various different uh, trials. He's really entertaining. If you haven't seen him, his work, go to freekeen.com and just search for Footloose. You'll find all kinds of wild videos of him in court. But, you know, whenever they come at him with some trumped up charge, they always charge it as a class B. And the reason they do that is because it cuts you out of that deal you were talking about earlier where on the Class A, you get the option to do a redo. You, right. you get the, the option to do what they call de novo trial, where you go in front of a bench trial, you go in front of a judge. If the judge finds you guilty, you can say, I'm appealing, de novo, we're trying this over, and then they go to a jury on that. But you don't get a jury on a Class B charge. You also aren't facing up to a year in jail on a Class B. You're just facing a fine uh, in that particular case. So that's a way for them to cut out the jury option completely. 
And so your peers, quote unquote, don't get a chance to uh, to hear any cases at Class B. So that's why I was surprised that they came at her full on with a Class A uh, charge on this because, you know, she does have the chance if she's found guilty to uh, to appeal this. Anyway, they uh, they called up their first witness, a woman named Donna Barnett. And she, interestingly enough, turned out was a and is a government bureaucrat. This is the woman who called the police when she claims that she and her husband pulled up in the TJ Maxx parking lot next to your wife's car that was you know, apparently running at the time. And they say that they noticed that the car was running. They looked inside and they saw uh, your two-year-old, I believe, daughter that was in the yep. car at the time, ostensibly in her car seat in the back. And they said they were worried because her husband got, got called up after her, Mark Barnett. She says she was worried, and they sat there and they waited for 30 to 35 minutes to see if uh, Shallon would come back out. They claimed she didn't, so they called the police. I got two kids. If I come up and your kid looks like it's, I'm going to tell you, I don't care who you are. If I come up to your car and it looks like there's some child in there and it's uh, being distressed, I'm not waiting for the cops to show up. I'm going to bust your window and I'm going to get the kid out. So but, obviously there wasn't, you know, there was, it's BS. They, they, well, it wasn't they were, distressed, and she well, didn't even testify not. it was distressed, I don't think. I think she's testified the child was asleep, if I recall correctly. Right, right, right. Uh, and that the child didn't wake up until the cop came and knocked on the window, which woke the child up. And became distressed, likely. Yes, it at was. At that point. Yeah, yeah <laughs> apparently. Right, right in, the police, a pirate. in the police narrative. Actually, the police officer that knocked on the window, um, uh, Justin uh Galico or uh, Glicho, um, <clears throat> he wasn't there to testify. They didn't today. call him, no. But he was also the uh, police officer who issued the warrant. I, I still don't. The, the, there's definitely some questions with this warrant thing. Hmm. Um, the, the, there's some fishy stuff going on. Uh, one thing that will be really good uh, if we have to go to a second trial is I get to ask for very specific and detailed discovery. Well in advance. And we're going to have hearings on this discovery because these guys are going to provide me with call logs of phone calls of of, of, of uh, all the police departments. They're going to provide me with every oh, yeah. transmission. Um, <clears throat> that sounds expensive. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I my, my discovery list is going to be like a four-page list of discovery, and we're going to go to battle on it. Uh, Not to mention your time. Like, you're pretty expensive too, I'm right? 50, What's your 000, hourly rate? $50,000 an hour is what mm-hmm. I told them on my fee schedule. What are you up to? Oh, we're up to millions of dollars with these guys. (laughs) These guys have took a lot of my time. They took my wife's time, and they took my child's time. You know, what's my three-year-old daughter's time worth? Mm -hmm. You know, not not doing stuff with her mom and dad. Right. Like, you know, I am, you know, my biggest fan is is my kids. I mean, they just love me more than anything. And, you know, and they love all the activities that we do. You know, farming, feeding cows, feeding chickens, feeding pigs. I mean... We, I, I actually made a, took a bunch of video the other day. We had the pig roast, so uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, last weekend because uh, it was delayed. We do an annual uh, pig roast uh, every spring, and at our at our, our pig roast gun church camp area, uh, the 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 day after it, me and my almost two year old son were out there picking up trash. When we walk around, my kids are always picking up trash off the ground because that's what we do. You get a farm, there's always trash around, and they just throw it in trash. And he's just having a blast, just 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 a bunch of water bottles like what you know is in front of Michael there. And uh, I just crack in the lid a little bit, and, the two, and 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 my son Cash is picking them up, dumping them out, having a blast, and throwing them in the trash like it's fun. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. 
I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Did you know in advance that she was a government nope. bureaucrat? We couldn't find anything really about her. We, you know, I, we internet searched her mm. and we just, uh, I'm, and I'm not real good at that stuff. Well, somebody yeah. on Jeremy Kaufman's profile, because he tweeted about this woman uh, on his Twitter account, uh, library founder, LBRY.com founder, Jeremy Kaufman, and one of his commenters dug up her LinkedIn profile right, like, right. Uh, real real fast. Thank you. And uh, she was a, is currently working for the merrimack county attorney's office the prosecutors in the very same county where this case was happening concord is a merrimack county city and so this woman's job is to work on stupid cases like this and so she probably saw the you know this car that was allegedly she pulled up next to your your wife's car uh, and she said, oh, we could win this case or whatever. Oh, oh we, can free attack, we can attack these guys with the New Hampshire Health Freedom sticker and the, yeah, and the, the free, free license, license plate. plate and just a couple other, you know, earthy, crunchy type kind of things on the car. But it was just interesting that the, the complaining party in this case just so happened to be a government bureaucrat, which was the same thing was true in my first uh criminal trial here in new hampshire where i was on trial for my tenants having a couch out uh in the lawn when i was on that trial i learned through my questioning of the witnesses that it was a government bureaucrat who lived down the street who called in the complaint against the couch in the lawn so once again it's it's not even your real neighbors in a lot of cases who are doing these things it's professional government bureaucrats whose job it is to ruin people's lives who in many cases are actually bringing these complaints it's job security yeah well, I mean, the, for example, theft. you know, one of the things that we're going to look into with this stuff is where the money comes from that goes into the judicial pension fund. So one thing that we do know that happens with the judicial pension fund in almost every state in the country and absolutely Texas is that when child support is awarded by family court, whatever that child support award is, two thirds of that award turns into money that comes from the federal government it gets pulled out of the social security administration fund and goes into the judicial pension fund hmm. and this is an incentive in every state from what i understand we haven't uh, found this out in new hampshire i've talked to some people about it and they're like i'm gonna look into that that's another thing that's cool there is so many people that are excited about this case and the fact that we're you know pushing back against these guys and exposing them for their crime and their misconduct and their uh, administrative abuse uh, that there, I got a, I got a lot of people who are like, Hey, I'm retired. I used to be a lawyer. One guy's like, I, we're going to dig dig this stuff up. We're going to work it. I got a handful of grassroots investigators who are like smart intellectual people that moved mm-hmm. to New Hampshire for the free state project literally as retirees. And they're like, I got nothing better to do. This is what <laughs> I want to do is what like two guys actually told me today in a courtroom. It's That's nice. good. They see that there's hope for this place. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're, 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 they're very excited. Yeah, I got to agree. And it's great to have uh, so many good people here. And it's only going to get better as more people start to make the move here to New Hampshire. We're seeing record numbers of 
uh, people joining this movement. There's record numbers of people who are buying homes uh, as part of the Free State Project, people who have joined the migration of libertarian liberty activists that are coming here. That's the reason why the three of us are here. We wouldn't have known each other right. uh, otherwise besides this particular project. And we're just getting this thing started. It's Yes, it's two decades in. But it's still just getting, you know, off the ground, basically. Right. And, and we're building a culture here is what we're doing. At least that's my incentive. I know it's all, all, all I, that's all of our incentive here is to mm-hmm. to build a culture of uh, honorable, good people who want liberty in their lifetime, people who want to just be left alone and people who are looking to just leave everyone else alone. Yep. And, uh, and, and so that, radical that's what we're working on. I think that's why New Hampshire works, because uh, my experience of being here for, you know, over 10 years now. Most of the natives that I run into, they they already have those, uh, yep. you know, they they already have that ideology. Unless they're, they're hardworking, cr- unless they're an uh, uh, an irresponsible uh, parasite, uh, yep. you know, a like Donna Barrett or right. Barnett. <laughs> Oh, by the way, there was somebody who heckled her on the way out of the courtroom today. <laughs> I didn't hear it, but apparently Bonnie heard somebody say say to uh, Donna as she was you know getting off the stand and walking out of the court something like, "You should move out of New Hampshire, you parasite," or something to that effect. It was <laughs> definitely not the right place for her. Yeah, and no, no, no. and uh, the judge had to like step in. Apparently, he heard it or something, and he said, "No more talking to the." You know, the witnesses, that could be witness tampering. Blah, oh, I, d- I did hear the judge comment yeah. on that, but I didn't hear what was going on in the background. You know, one thing uh, that was, we were looking really forward to, to, you know, prove this case, and, right. you know, in our, in Get our site. Get that guy up there. Right. So, uh, the, these, uh, so th- it's very clear that the, to us that these people calling themselves prosecutors, um, they're not looking in the best interest of justice. No, of course not. <laughs> uh, you know, these guys all have their own agenda. And, They're looking for a conviction. That's job I would, security. I would almost bet there are a bunch of woke radical leftists that are, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, into all this, you know, government worshiping garbage. I bet you're right about that. Yeah. Uh, so I want to come back to this cop. The uh, Even though the prosecutor objected and his objection was sustained in regards to your question about do you have kids? Right. You got around that interestingly on i think it was like uh, re cross examination because during during uh, redirect the prosecutor had asked the cop about well what could happen right what what could happen to a child in a in a car and i, I took notes on this one over at social.freetalklive.com if you want to check all my notes from the trial just follow me at ftl underscore ian uh the cop said the baby could choke on the pacifier yeah. the car could catch fire someone could break in and kidnap or steal the car in those cases and so you asked him about the pacifier question this was a really sharp way of getting around the objection to uh not being able to ask him if he's had kids because if he's had kids he would have known the answer right. to this question right your <laughs> question was what my question was, um, are you aware that pacifiers are designed so children, and, and they're sized specifically for age, so children can't choke on them? <laughs> and he said no. He said no, that's right. <laughs> so, but, oh, and by the way, the prosecutor tried to object to that question as well, but yes. the judge, uh, he uh, overruled the objection in that and, case because the prosecutor had opened the door to allowing the cop to just wildly speculate on what could happen, so it was completely within the realm of uh, recross examination to ask a question about past my understanding was uh, i don't even like this legal stuff but uh you never ask a question that you don't know the answer to like if you're an attorney or yes. something like that right yeah, that's correct or at least you don't think you know what they're going right. to say yep so uh ridiculous reasons why you know somebody i think in the crowd pointed out apparently that the tj max could also have caught fire <laughs> while she was inside the store 
So, like, the idea that it was less safe and the, the child was less safe in the car is, you know, ridiculous. Just trying to justify this is a huge waste of time and effort. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 and it is clear and apparent now that I see that, you know, the Karen in this is, you know, one of, oh, get back to, uh, so, uh, what's that, uh, what, what's the, uh, the Karen's name again here? Donna. 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 Government um, bureaucrat. Waited 35 minutes to call the police. Mm-hmm. But yet she didn't have a clock. She and had no way to know. She testified. I, I think that she needed to say she waited 35 minutes because she works in the lawyer's office. And um, they wanted to you know, have that timeline that that long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though 35 minutes is, actual, is, absolutely, is actually absurd. An- another thing that we have is we have um, the Google, um, uh, you know, like... There's no there's, there's no tracking data on my phone, but my wife runs like an Android Google you know oh, Play yeah. Store phone with yeah, yeah. Uh, Google Maps on it, and she's got Google Maps right there on her phone. She's like, "How do we introduce this into evidence?" Because mm. it tells exactly how long she was there in the parking lot. Really? Yes. Okay. And um, interesting. I'm not going to disclose that information, right? You know, yeah, they're I'm, listening. But, <laughs> but I'm like, uh, and 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 I mean, one of our friends. In the courtrooms, like, well, just look at Google on your phone, Shallon. That'll tell you. Uh, are you running Google Maps on your phone? He says mm-hmm. to her, you know, that they're at you know eight thirty and you know standing in the lobby. Yeah, why? I'm running Google. Ma- I got Google Maps. Yeah, well, just just look at your timeline. They'll say how long you're at that parking lot for. <laughs> wow. I asked uh, the police officer. I says, uh, "Do you have any evidence in, uh, of a violation of a legal right?" And uh, he says, "No." And I said, do you have any? And so I, I thought re- you got an objection. Oh, yeah. That, that one. one got an objection. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm standing to complain. I was thinking about it. I didn't, I didn't get, get into that one. Viol- and, and they objected. So I says, well, you know, and I don't remember what on there. But I said, do you have any evidence of a loss or a harm? And he says, no. So I write no loss or harm mm-hmm. on the board. And then I put, uh, do you have any evidence of um, uh, a legal right and actual adversary? Uh Oh, no, oh, do you have any evidence of a damage? And uh, he said no. Uh, and, I, and then I also also asked him, do you have any evidence that the New Hampshire code, the RSA, applies to Shallon Spaulding? And he's like, ask the question again. I don't understand. And, th- and then I said, do you have any evidence uh, that the New Hampshire revised statutes annotated, the RSA, which is New Hampshire code, mm-hmm. applies to Shallon Spaulding? And he said no. Yeah, I was surprised and, there was no objection on that one. Yeah, me too. And he was looking at that prosecutor for an objection. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I think the prosecutor was really maybe wasn't paying attention. Um, but uh, then the prosecutor, because I put in, in 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 my pleadings that uh, you know a whole bunch uh, 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 some stuff uh, in the motion to dismiss, which the prosecutor had probably read, that just because you're on the on New Hampshire or I said in New Hampshire, or whatever. Uh, does not mean you know does not mean that the new hampshire laws and code apply to you just because you're there uh, uh in new hampshire well they have to prove that so what i or did they should have to so so the uh they won't the prosecutor said something to that fact mm-hmm. I, I don't remember exactly how he worded it i'm, I'm actually kind of excited to watch his video mm. because that's where we're going to really learn some stuff from or I'm going to learn some stuff from and shallon and you know and all of us in general watching this stuff and that's the purpose and, and that's the other thing too It'd be this would be hard to document in other states like this, like the, Massachusetts. Yeah, it wasn't really easy in Massachusetts right? when I did it ten years ago. And in like New York State, it's like impossible to get a camera in a courtroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess with the feds, you can't get a camera in a courtroom no. either. 
So, so, so I asked the uh, officer after, after the, um, uh, oh, and I, I said, oh, I have a follow-up question. I said, cause you know, it was cross-examination. I says, uh, do you have any evidence that because you're standing on the soil, we call New Hampshire, that the New Hampshire laws or code apply to anyone? And the prosecutor objected. And the judge says, well, I don't know if he said this, but he's like, you opened up this can of worms. He didn't use that phrase. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I'm going to allow the question. And he told the prosecutor, to, uh, witness to answer the question. And he said, no. And like, I just, you know, heard, um, you know, Mark Stevens voice in the back of my head. Cause I've been listening to the guy for years, just mm-hmm. like a big, yeah. Or something, you know, <laughs> that, you know, that was a pretty cool thing. And there was another point where that, that I thought was pretty comical where both the witness and the prosecutor object at the same time. And the judge goes, I'm not taking your objection, he says, or something like that to the witness. I, I don't know if you might have missed that one. You, uh, Which witness was the witness was that? said objection? Yes. Well, he he said uh, he I think what he did was mouth objection to the prosecutor and it kind of came out. It was very. Which was it? The cop? It was the cop. Uh, yes. Like unconscious, maybe. Uh, well, no, because I heard what object. You- I heard it come out. And, and I don't know if the judge was looking at him, hmm. but the judge caught it. And I wasn't sure that the witness said I object, but the judge says I'm not accepting an objection from you, or you can't object. We'll have yeah. to watch the video, uh, wow. uh, but um, uh, that was pretty pretty funny. But the, like when I was going on about the pacifier, and I asked him, you know, how many uh, kids die in motor wrecks uh, versus you know sitting in cars and parking lots, drafting car seats with the air conditioning on <laughs> uh, zero, and uh, he was getting pissed. And yeah. so we definitely got him off of his, like, you know, train of thought or his coaching because they school these guys on this stuff. Go ahead, Major. Yeah, guys. I hate to tell you this, but I'm going through the same thing with my daughter and her children out in Arizona. The oh, state's no. trying to school them. What about? I, huh? Oh, so they, uh, <clears throat> she's got a middle child. The oldest one is autistic and gets away with all kinds of crazy things. Mm-hmm. And the middle child has learned to pretty much emulate the crazy one to get what she wants. Well, mm. she's been stealing money from her mother, stealing food from the house, stealing from stores, just being a heathen, Oof. right? And so uh, her mother gets her in the side yard after she's done something again, you know. And uh, you know how you drop and you lock your legs and you drop somebody like a tree? Well, she was going... And this girl, she's getting big. She's getting like 140 pounds, so handling her without, you know, popping her in the nose is getting to be a chore. Mm -hmm. So Amber does the right thing. This is the same thing the cops and the paramedics and all the legal aids, or not the legal aids, but medical, you know, assistance. When people are going badass crazy, it's how you drop them. So that's what she does. And, uh, well, she gets her by the scruff of neck, and they're walking back to the house. Well, the kid squirms away from her, spits right in her face, and Amber just loses it for a split second and backhands her. Mm. And then there's a crazy grandmother in the situation that's always been trying to, you know, meddle. Mm. She's just the most manipulative woman I ever met. But, yeah, this whole thing's cost me $7,500 already, and it ain't nowhere near over. Hey, but, um, uh, so is she being charged with, like, child abuse or something? What's the charge? Yeah, well, the prosecutor's 
got a tentative assault charge, been sitting on his desk for two months. But I hired her an, an out-of-town attorney all the way from Tucson. Hell, he, he's got to drive two hours to get there. So how how old is your daughter, Major? Uh, she'd be now about 32, I think. Wow. I hope she's contributing for these legal bills, too. Oh, she is. She's she, she's done set up a separate account. But, I mean, she, she had, I, I had to come up with a retainer. Hey, uh, Major, uh, there's a guy that you should get a hold of in Arizona. His name is Mark Victor. Um, he's a good friend of Ernie Hancock's. I don't know if you're familiar with Ernie Hancock, uh, but Mark Victor is like a um, libertarian freedom type attorney in uh, in, in, in in or in or around Phoenix. And if you want to um, email me, Major, my email is j at jnoon.com. So that's j a y at j a y n o o n e dot com, and um, <clears throat> I can. Um, send you uh find some contact information to uh get you in contact with some people in Arizona that uh might be helpful with your situation. All right, I tell you I don't do all that email and Facebook stuff, but I will <laughs> relay that to my daughter sure. and have her contact you. So if you get something from Amber, that's that's who it is. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's a frustrating situation. I mean, I don't support using violence to, you know, train kids or whatever, but, uh, you know, I, I can understand why somebody would blow up in an instant when they're being pushed. Well, I mean, the, that's what the, that's probably what that kid wanted, the reaction they were looking for. So so I don't well, believe... Like I said, the, the oldest girl is autistic, and she's gotten away with crazy for, you know, the 14 years this other, year, this other one's been watching. The kids in the public schools? Uh, oh, of course, of yeah. course. Yeah, so I mean, that that's where they're learning it. Then. That's exactly right. Yeah, well, too, you know, if hey, mom slaps me uh, for running my mouth, uh, well, she doesn't do that. I, I'm going to go tell somebody and uh, get her in trouble. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot of elements that are pretty much equating why kids are just out of control. So parents are overworked. Parents aren't really raising their kids. They're relying on internet devices. They're the relying government. on daycare. Sounds like know, a single mom here, too. Uh, and they're, um, you know, uh, yeah, in the single mom epidemic. Uh, and then, <clears throat> so the kids aren't getting consistently disciplined. Uh, and then the kids get out of hand, uh, you know, and, you know, things happen. And, and you know, it was, you know, normal 50, 60, you know, years ago for, you know, a kid to get, you know, sort of the, the rod of discipline. Um, <clears throat> I luckily, you know, having children later in life and training horses might pretty much my you know first 30 years of my life i was into training horses and i learned very quick that if you you know you start beating up horses a little bit you're gonna get hurt what i think's going on is that you know um at that my wife was targeted by this bureaucrat uh, pretty much because you know the stick bumper stickers on her car health mm. freedom new hampshire in particular which she actually took off her car um, oh wow after did. this you mean well it, you know she it's not on there anymore she mm -hmm. took it off she was like ah you know she kind of feels like that but also so we have other examples of this so we have rochelle kelly um that was a mom who was targeted by concord police again yep. for uh bringing her kids to the park during covid correct to the so, playground to the playground yes. so it was rochelle kelly pamela jewell and tyler workman that they brought their kids to the playground they were all well, at least Rochelle and Pamela. I'm pretty sure Tyler was charged, too. They were all charged. And they weren't even told they were charged. They weren't even told there was warrants out for their arrest. Mm -hmm. I, I believe uh, one of them, their neighbor, was a cop and was like, hey, there's a warrant for your arrest. And um, the other one was, you know, Rochelle was just traveling down the road and they arrest her. 
They um, impound her car. You know, it was a whole, like, S show. And I know that Rochelle and Pamela were um, found not guilty. Uh, these are uh, members of uh, the health, New Hampshire Health Freedom Community. Um, <clears throat> Pamela is uh, a New Hampshire native. Uh, Rochelle moved here uh, for basically birthright freedom. Um, she's kind of an advocate of that. She moved here from Ohio, has, has recently moved back. Um, she actually wasn't even a free stater, but they were, uh, you know, part of these red pill moms that I was talking about that were, you know, go, going to these activist rallies and, you know, and, and, and doing against the thing. Then you have uh, J.R. Hole. J.R. Hole, uh, freedom representative, gives his kids the ivermectin. Uh, oh, so this same, uh, so J.R. Hole, I believe, was prosecuted in part by the, uh, or with with DCYF and possibly by this, I'll have to get uh, Merrimack County Attorney General's office. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was definitely a political hit job. And like the whole thing studying J.R. Hole's case is like, you know, these guys just went above and beyond, went like insane. I mean, they literally like they they had they showed up with a whole bunch of cops to just like at their house to take their kids now if it does, if it doesn't explain to you how tolerant armed new granite staters are because they you know we don't have like you know there's no shootouts with cops you know nobody does that stuff right uh, because we all know better we know that you can't get into a physical altercation with the government you know, the government has unlimited resources. They have military. They have MRAPs. They have all these tanks. Sure. They have, you mm-hmm. know, automatic weapons. They're ready for Hellfire that. missiles. They're all They're that trained stuff. for that. Monopoly right. on violence. They yeah. are trained to kill you. And they get away with killing you every time. So everybody yeah, knows better. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't do that kind of stuff. Um, also, the Concord chief of police years ago says, we need a bear cat because of these terrorists, you know, right wing or whatever. Free staters. Free staters. They mentioned yeah. free staters. Yeah, yeah and there, there's right. whole newspapers are, are about that. There's an article on freedomsphoenix.com that I had wrote explaining this stuff, and I get into a bunch of these details, and I cite all kinds of links. First time the Kenyan police ever used their Bearcat for an actual operation against somebody was this house. Yeah, uh, peaceful people. <laughs> you know, people that have never hurt anybody. Yeah. You know, and no one in this house has ever had an affidavit filed in a courtroom saying that they injured someone that they took someone's legal right the government nope. has never had jurisdiction to come after you guys and they just do it anyways maybe you're using the intellectual property by calling yourself a united states citizen or a date of birth or something so i'm the not bear, sure the bearcat was used on the thanks but no tanks people that's correct yeah the first time they ever used it they did pull it out here and there to like public events but as far as like an actual raid against uh, somebody this was so, the first one so you also have the new hampshire nine like uh, these guys, yeah. um, these are the people who were arrested in mass at a governor's executive council meeting for simply standing quietly in protest, basically. So, so this was either the Merrimack County Attorney's uh, uh, General Attorney's Office or state the police. Concord City. So, the state police, I believe, it would be Merrimack uh, 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 County. Um, Probably it would. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although <clears throat> state police have their own prosecutors, but so, whatever. So, these are just a couple examples. So I was talking to a few people outside the courtroom about this today, and I'm like, do you think we could come up with 50 solid examples of where, you know, Merrimack County or mm-hmm. um, Concord City Prosecutor's Office uh, and Concord Police or, you know, state police, um, <clears throat> you, know, uh, in, you know, engage in this judicial misconduct and administrative abuse uh, oh, sure. just with people who are associated with Health Freedom New Hampshire and or the Free State Project? 
Absolutely. Close. I mean, you yeah. have we have a history of like Carla Garrick, uh, William Kostrick, these guys getting arrested years ago for videotaping the cops mm-hmm. and and they sued them and they win. Um, yeah. Like uh, where police department got sued several times by by free staters and those free staters got um, settlements, you know, for example. And, and, and actually where police department where New Hampshire has been cleaned up a lot. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.